Good evening and welcome back to Balls and Brews, folks. My name is Zach and and Josh is not here. So it's going to be a little different show. Uh, Josh is going to be out of town starting tomorrow and had to get some stuff done. And was just like, hey, uh, what do you think about running the show solo? Uh, you know, not, not, not my idea, but, you know, I'm sure I'm not drinking alone as I'm sure wherever you're listening out across this great country that you are having a beer with me, whether it be on your couch and your cubicle at work, um, you know, wherever you're listening to this. So grab a beer, join in on the conversation. Again, this is Balls and Brews. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, which I believe is the same as iTunes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at balls underscore and underscore brews. So again, uh, it's just me. So you can call it whatever you want. Uh, Uniball and brews. Um, you know, the back half of balls and brews. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is. So grab a beer, join in on the conversation. We've got a, got a pretty, pretty decent lineup of stuff to go over. Um, pretty mundane college college week depending on who you pull for uh, pretty interesting pro week obviously capped last night with uh, at least one great game one surprising game and um, yeah let's get down to it so again uh, grab your six pack whatever it is you're sipping on choosing a Bud Light again for this show it's kind of our go-to um, it's what I like anyways you notice the can this time around typically go bottles um, but it just seemed more economical to buy 30 versus 20, and they don't sell 30 bottles. So, I don't know. They'll figure it out one day. All right, we'll get right into it. Um, I won't spend a lot of time on the Tennessee Volunteers. I could take this entire show over. Josh, whenever he's listening to this, is probably dying laughing. Um, but as you know, if you're a Vols fan, obviously, but if not, you probably still know the Vols are now 0-2. Drop their second game to BYU. Everybody on Vol Nation on Twitter is calling for Jeremy Pruitt's head. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can fire him. You know, I was talking to my brother-in-law this week. You fire him now, and you know, I don't know. John Allen might be the only person that takes the job. I don't know for those of you in the Chattanooga area, you probably know John Allen. He's probably the only guy that would take this job at this point if you fire Pruitt now. So you can't fire him at this point. You have to just let him. Uh, you know, let him bury himself up there. I, you know, I think that he will get it together. I'm not the Vol fan that's sitting here and telling you that we're going to go, um, you know, 8-2 and two to finish out the season. That's just not going to happen. As a matter of fact, it's very likely that we go 1-6, and six, I think 2-5 and five at best. Um, you've got a gambit coming up of, well, you have UTC at home this Saturday, but then you're at the Swamp. And you, you have Georgia, Mississippi State, you're at Bama. Um, that's, you know, that's a gauntlet for anybody, um, especially a, a struggling program. And I saw some good things. They did some good things uh, last Saturday. They, they, you know, they looked a lot, they looked a lot more improved against Georgia State, have you. But, you know, again, you can't, you can't get beat deep with 20 seconds left. You know, BYU has the ball in their own 20, 20 seconds and, you know, you allow, you know, receiver to get butt naked behind you. 
And, you know, the rest is history. We go into overtime. We didn't look like we wanted to be there. Um, so, you know, it's disheartening as a Vol fan. You know, I actually saw on Twitter uh, a picture of Mark Rick holding a, a tub of cheese balls. And, you know, as any Vol fan would do, I just thought it was a subliminal message saying that, you know, he was ready to coach again. So I'm going to kick up that rumor and say that Mark Rick's coming, you know, along with John Gruden. Of course, if John Gruden would have lost last night, it would have been a lot easier to, to pull that rumor mill off. But it is what it is. Um, you know, Vols, hunker in, folks. We're, you're in for a you're in for another long couple of years. You know, I know we thought that we were coming out of the coming out of the pile of dung, but we're not. Um, you know, suck it up, Buttercup. Either get off the wagon or or you know keep hitching your horse to it and help pull it out. Um, it's not going to get fixed by wearing brown paper bags over your head. Uh, it's not going to get fixed by not showing up to the games. Um, you know, you just have to keep supporting the team and hope that they eventually, you know, dig their way out of the shit. That's the only way to put it at this point. So, you know, again, won't go, won't go deep into that. Uh, it's just another one of those head scratching, head scratching topics as are the Vols. And I'll go ahead and make Josh proud and hit FSU who eked one out against Louisiana Monroe on Saturday in overtime. And look, this is where I go with this is if I'm a program like ULM and I'm in overtime with Florida State, Florida State had a touchdown first in overtime, then it's your turn, you go down and score. Is anybody in their right mind kicking the extra point to tie it right there? No way in hell, right? You're you're at Florida State. What do you have to lose? You're ULM, for God's sakes. Go for two there. I mean, FSU clearly hadn't stopped you all game. I mean, you put up, what, in the, in the 40s there at that game. Um, you know, and they marched right down on that OT drive and, and punched one in. No way in hell I'm kicking right there. I don't care if I have Justin Tucker on the sideline. I'm going for two. I'm getting out of Tallahassee with either the win or I'm the guy who, you know, went out guns blazing. No way I'm putting the ball on the kicker's foot there. Um, you just look around the league, college and NFL, and, and everybody just seems to have the have the yipsies when it comes to kicking. And there's no way, um, you know, probably even in the NFL, if I was an NFL coach, that in those kinds of situations, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of a go-for-a-win kind of guy, again, given now the the yips that everybody has when it comes to when it comes to kicking not even game winning field goals we'll get into that uh, in the NFL when the Bengals missed a field goal that uh, ultimately ended up you know being their demise but again no way I'm kicking there if I'm ULM I'm going for the gut I'm going for um, you know I'm going to get the guy fired basically so Taggart Taggart hangs on Hallmark win FSU Overtime, ULM. Um, LSU. LSU looked, um, I, you know, I don't think you can call them a sleeping giant. It's really hard to call a storied program like LSU a sleeping giant, but uh, they look tough. They look really good. Um, you know, I like them late in the season to go against Bama. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, their defense, uh, defense, you know, they kind of go in and call themselves DBU, where I guess Texas was as well. I don't think either team could can call themselves DBU after that. 45-38 to 38 finish LSU. 
Uh, Matthew McConaughey on the sideline. Caught him dropping some F-bombs. Love it. Put it on Twitter. Um, you know, the guy's fired up. I love his passion. But, you know, again, LSU, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a team that's good. I know we talked about that early um, when we kind of did our uh, conference breakdowns. You know, we said LSU was, again, hard to call him a sleeper. But, you know, when what Josh calls is a saving effect, you know, it is kind of a sleeper. Even these teams that are going to go – you know, ten and two, you're they're getting they're getting sleeper titles because, you know, everybody just assumes that it's going to be, you know, Saban and Dabo. Michigan, God, I wish they would have lost. Michigan Army, um, Army took them took them into overtime as well. Had a field goal there at the end to win it. Just came up short and a little wide right. Um, God, again, you know, you're you're kind of pulling for them. You know, I love it. Um, I know Clay Travis, uh, you know, listen to his podcast um, pretty much every day and seen that guy, uh, you know, he was talking about the, the four-star general on the sidelines. Like, yeah, just go for it, go for it. Love that. Love the tenacity. You, you love to see, uh, I don't know, Army's just kind of a – Army-Navy, it's always such a cool, uh, you know, how can you not root for them, right? I mean, anybody that's not pulling for Army or Navy, like, you know, it's un-American basically. Go drink your seltzer water and stop listening to the show. Um, I don't know if you, if y'all can hear this, you know, I'm recording in, um, in our, in my garage studio. So if you can hear the storm in the background, that's what's going on. So it is what it is. Um, you know, it really sucks drinking alone. I hate you, Josh. Now, so, uh, a shocker to me was, was USC Stanford, USC Stanford. You know, you got JT Daniels blows his knee out going into Stanford game. You know, you're expecting – you don't know what to expect, you know. And I think we actually talked about this last week. It's kind of like, you know, do you get – you know, you don't know who's behind – you don't know who's behind the guy, right? You might have the guy behind the guy. I mean, Tom Brady never got that chance in college. And then Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Um, but Keaton Slovis, true freshman, sounds like a villain on, you know, the next Rocky movie, comes in, throws for 377, three touchdowns, lights Stanford up, a rank Stanford. I think Stanford was ranked 24th at the time, given whatever poll. Um, but, yeah, 45 to 20, put it on them. Um, you know, lo- love seeing that out of USC. It's, you know, I'm not a USC fan, but it's it's kind of all those ones. You know, it's kind of like golf's better when Tigers, Tigers there and Tigers playing. You know, football's just – it just seems right when USC is kind of clicking. Um, they've had some down years. So, you know, same could be said for Tennessee and FSU – you know, there's just some programs that, you know, they're kind of taking some downswings. And, and college football's cyclical. Look, folks, they'll be back. All these teams will be back. It's cyclical. Um, you know, may just take a little longer for, for programs like the Vols, but it'll, they'll get back. So we got some games coming up um, for this week for college. It's not a, not a huge week. Um, you know, we're yet to really have that you know, week that you can just sink your teeth into and really think, you know, man, this is going to be an awesome college football week. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, all of you are going to be piled up, ready to watch whatever games come on, as, you know, I normally am. I don't care if it's, you know, Liberty and the Army, whatever. You know, we're, we're watching it. Um, but it's just not really a good week at all, especially, um, you know, top 25 games. I'd say the two games that I'm most, I guess, kind of keep my eye on, I think they'll have the most interest – you know, to me, are the Fighting Herms are going to be at Michigan State. So Herm Edwards, Arizona State, at Michigan State. 
I don't know. I think it's kind of a it's a juicy matchup. You've got you know two pretty good defenses there. Obviously, Michigan State has a storied defense. They always have you know pretty solid defenses under D'Antoni. Um, that one's going to be an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're a gambler, but you know Arizona State's catching 13 and a half there. I feel like that's a lot of points to catch. Um, you know, Herm for for whatever reason, you know, a lot of people were kind of writing him off, like, oh, you know, he's not going to be a good, not going to be good at college level, but. You know, he, he surprised us all last year, and um, I, I just think that's a lot of points for, uh, for Arizona State. So I like Arizona State there. And the other game that I really, really like is Iowa at Iowa State. So Kirk Ferentz, Matt Campbell, you know, obviously in-state rivalry. Two good defenses. That'll be, uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. And, I mean, really that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty piss-poor college matchup. I mean, whoever made the schedules out this, this year – they must have known that Josh was going out of town. They weren't going to be shit to talk about in college football. But um, you got Clemson at Syracuse. Um, you know, again, this is why I think this is why a lot of people gamble just to have a just to have a some skin in the game. Um, you know, Clemson at Syracuse. Syracuse is catching. I think it's twenty seven and a half. That's a lot of points. I mean, look, Syracuse is coming off a colossal ass whooping um, against Maryland. Uh, you know, and I think I think they'll rebound. They gave they gave Clemson some trouble last year. I don't don't mishear me. Uh, they're not going to beat Clemson. I don't care where they play it at. Um, but you know, catching almost four touchdowns or or four touchdowns really in a missed extra point—that's uh, a lot of points. And that's a lot of points for a team that was just ranked. Again, they are coming off a supreme ass whooping uh, at the hands of Maryland. But I, I like Syracuse there. If you're if you're a gambler, take the points. And then Florida State is catching seven and a half at Virginia. Josh would tell you take Virginia, even if they were giving them twenty. Uh, I like Florida State there. I don't know. You, you just kind of expect. I guess it's kind of like Tennessee. You, you just kind of expect them to rebound. I really like Tennessee against BYU, giving up three and a half points this last week, because I'm thinking, look, they're going to rebound, playing under the nights lights in Neyland Stadium. Obviously, it didn't happen. But I like FSU there. That's you know you just it's hard to uh, it's it's hard to think that we're in a world where Florida State's catching a touchdown and a half points against Virginia. I mean, what is this like Tiki Barber days? This is unbelievable. So I don't know. I like FSU there, and and then really that's it, folks. I mean you know get some skin in the game because this week in college football is boring. You got Bama at South Carolina. That's going to be an ass whooping, and it should be. Will Muschamp is that. He's a chump. Um, Saban's going to go down there, and they're just going to slaughter him. They have a freshman quarterback who had a great game this week against Charleston Southern. Scored like 70-something points. He's going to come crashing down to earth against Alabama's defense. Even though it's at South Carolina, that one's going to get ugly quick. Um, And then, you know, really the slate of games are, are just not even worth mentioning. So watch your team. Enjoy some family time. Gear up for the NFL because it's coming, baby. It's coming. The NFL um, showed you this week and every year why it is the most entertaining sport event every single Sunday, Thursday, Monday. Um, it's, it's it's amazing. We had, um, you know, I'm saying that, and we started off Thursday night with the Packers and Bears and an epic snoozer, but after that, um, there was there were some awesome games on. If you didn't sit down and watch Sunday football this week, there were some awesome awesome games. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Bengals fan. 
they surprised the hell out of me against Seattle at Seattle. You know, saw some crazy stats. You know, that Seattle hadn't lost a home opener under Pete Carroll, and he's been there since 2010. That's insane. And the Bengals had him on the ropes. Missed a field goal in the third quarter. Bullock shanks one. You know, 40, 50 yarder, and it just proved to be the proved to be the difference maker. Um, you know, you can't. You know, you there's a saying that's uh, you know field goals will get you beat, especially in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what, missed field goals get you beat every damn time, and it happens. It happened to us. Um, you know, again, great showing under new coach Zach Taylor. Um, Andy Dalton looked like a world beater. Come out, you know, 418 yards, career high passing yards. It, it is amazing what a different, um, you know, different take will do. You know, you have Marvin Lewis, and you know, again, I like Marvin. I don't want to dig into all this, but um, you know, it is amazing what a different, different set of eyes, different, different, uh, you know, schemes and skill sets will do for a guy. And you know, there is there is something to be said about you know systems and system guys. And and Andy looked good on you know some quick hitting throws. It's good for him because. You know he sees ghosts. You know if, if he if he drops back and has to hold on to the ball too long, he sees ghosts and he'll put one in the third row for you real quick. So you know I thought he looked good on the quick throw. And John Ross finally had a coming out party, had a couple of drops. Um, but again, you know it's just kind of guys that were written off under the Marvin Lewis era. You know, all right, you know looked looked good. So again, that's a very very small sample size. We'll see what happens as the season progresses. Um, Cincinnati's at home against San Francisco this week, so we'll see if they can kind of keep that up. Um, let's see some of the other games that we had: the Patriots and the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Did anybody else enjoy watching the Steelers get their ass whooped like I did? I'm not a Patriots fan. As a matter of fact, yeah, I, I hate. I, we, I don't even say the word hate. Yeah, I hate. I hate the Patriots, right? But I thoroughly enjoyed watching them get their ass whooped by the Patriots. Um, yeah, I don't think. It mattered who it was. The Patriots were 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 hot. Uh, they would have beat they would have beat the NFC, you know, all championship. They would have beat the, the Pro Bowl team for sure from the NFC. Um, Brady looks like he's gonna play for the next twenty years. You know, he looked like bad grandpa out there. He looked like a guy dressed up as an old guy, but he's really a young guy. I mean, the dude was nimble in the pocket. I mean, he knows he knows what's coming when it's coming, and you know, he's swift, and he's getting arguably you know, the best receiver in the league, um, you know, next week and Antonio Brown will kind of crack into that topic here in a minute, but you hate to say it, but after week one, if you're going to go, you know, way too early Super Bowl favorite, you, you have to look at the Patriots and think, geez, um, they just, they looked phenomenal. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how much that they looked phenomenal paired with the Steelers look like shit. But probably probably a combination of both. Um, I think that the uh, you know the once was dynasty in Pittsburgh is starting to crumble. You're starting to see major cracks in the foundation there. Look, they need to get some. Uh, they need to get a foundation specialist out there. You've got all these reports coming out. I read an article last week. Don't know who it's by. I can't give credit. But just talking about the turmoil, um, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin. Basically, how Tomlin gave Roethlisberger too long of a leash. Basically, you know, uh, they won that Super Bowl when he was really young, and then you know he starts showing up, you know, an hour late for meetings or 
not showing up for meetings and all this stuff and getting away with it. So then these other superstar divas that show up are kind of like, wow, yeah, I want to do the same thing. And they're getting cracked for it. So, you know, just stories of Tomlin not treating everybody the same, and especially when it comes to Big Ben, siding with Ben. And, uh, yeah, you know, and Ben's aging out, you know. I mean, it's – you know, the guys the – guy, the guy don't have long left. He, he looks like he wants to quit or retire after every game. Um, wish he would. But, you know, I think just uh, – just to stick it in my face, he's not going to. But, you know, that that dynasty is slowly starting to die. Love it. They just traded Josh Dobbs. I'm thankful for that. I love Josh Dobbs. I'm a huge Josh, Josh Dobbs guy. I traded him to the Jags for a fifth-round pick, 2020. And, you know, I can like Josh Dobbs again because I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I hated it. You know, somebody asked me the other day, like, what do you, you know, what if uh, – what if your son grew up play football? I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I hope he does. And uh, what if he grows up play for the Steelers? And I'm like, he won't. And they were like, well, what if he gets drafted? What are you going to do? I was like, we'll just, you know, we'll pull a bitch move like Eli. We're just not going, right? Just either trade us or we're not going to play. Um, but that's how much I hate the Steelers. That dynasty's dying. Maybe after Ben retires and all this goes away, maybe they'll just shut it down. Maybe they'll move it, you know, maybe they'll move it to like Hershey or something. Um, that, you know, I, don't, I could probably get on board with that. So, Steelers, ass whooping. We'll see what happens this week. Um, where are they at this week? The, Seattle's at Pittsburgh this week. And, you know, I'll be really interested to see, you know, if Russell Wilson and the guys can go down there and pull out a win, what that looks like when the Steelers are 0-2, backs against the wall, no A.B., no Le'Veon, all the blame can squarely sit on Big Ben's shoulders. That's going to be interesting to see what happens because, you know, Dude's a bitch, and, and he'll throw a uh, he'll throw a fit. Somebody will be to blame. It won't be to him. I'm anxious to see how quick he turns on Mike Tomlin. Uh, I could see that happening, and that's going to be a nasty divorce. I mean, think somebody you know, and you all know him, somebody that's had a nasty divorce, and this one's going to be ten times nastier. It's going to be an ugly fallout. It's going to hit the fan. Purses are going to be flying. It's going to be ugly. So, anxious to see that one. Pulling for Seattle there. Come on, Seattle. Do it for us. Do it for us all. Um, Falcons. Falcons were a major disappointment. You know, I'm looking at the Falcons receiving core. I was talking with a buddy this weekend who was a Falcons fan, and, you know, we were talking about when the Patriots signed AB, and we said, you know, I I just basically said name a a receiving core that's that's better than, you know, than – than the Patriots now that they've added AB with AB Edelman and Josh Gordon and um, Josh Gordon high or Josh Gordon, you know, completely sober either way, dude's still a stud. And his response were the Falcons. And I I know that comes from a place of homerism, but you know, I mean, in a sense, I mean, I don't want to say that it's, I mean, it's, it's not right, but it's not fully wrong. I mean, you have Julio, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, who, you know, everybody used to praise the Bengals organization as the best athlete on the team. Um, and, you know, it's just a, just a disappointment. I mean, I know the Vikings have, you know, have a, have a pretty solid defense, and Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach, defensive guy. But, and the Falcons just look, look stagnant at times. Matt Ryan looked lost at times. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. I, I look for the Falcons to bounce back. Um, big time, you know, and, and they're going to have to do it under under the primetime lights against, you know, Super Bowl champ or, you know, a couple of years ago, the Eagles coming to Atlanta. So, 
you know, that's you don't want to start off 0-2 in the NFL. I mean, you, you all see the statistics every year when teams are like 0-2, 0-3. You know, the, your, your chances to make the playoffs start rapidly diminishing um, when, you, when you start dropping a game or two. So, you know, definitely look for them to bounce back. Uh, that was a disappointment, you know, and kind of a shocker. Next game, Lamar Jackson dominated basically single-handedly the Miami Dolphins. Now, look, the Miami Dolphins are a heaping shit show, all right? I mean, they, they are bad. They are bad, bad. They're as bad as an NFL team that I'd seen in a long time. Um, they looked horrible. Now, last year, Josh and I were kind of the guys that were right there saying, not saying that Lamar Jackson wasn't a quarterback. You know, we weren't definitely weren't saying that. But we're definitely saying, you know, he'll get figured out, right? And in a sense, we don't know that yet. You know, everybody was already immediately want to jump on the whole, let's jump on Lamar Jackson's side. Oh, y'all said he wasn't a running back. You know, Jamel Hill texted out all the, tweeted out all this stuff. You know, y'all wanted to, to diss on Lamar. Look, I mean, he played the Dolphins, all right? When Lamar Jackson comes out and does that on the Vikings defense, you know, or the Texans on Sunday night, okay. But – you know, the guy didn't really have to run. I mean, he, he was throwing for touchdowns this time. So, in a sense, he changed his game knowing that he was going to be, you know, schemed upon in the offseason. He didn't come out – they didn't come out running tons and tons and tons of run pass options. They were just dropping back and picking the Dolphins apart. And he was picking them apart – I don't even call it picking apart. Dudes were wide open. It was like they were running trips, streaks – and the Dolphins were in like seven-on-seven, seven, you know, scrimmage drills in their shorts and T-shirts. It was it was bad. Dudes were just wide open. I could have hit them, right? So, yeah, Lamar Jackson had a great day. Not taking anything away from him. But, you know, let, let's, let's, you know, let's kind of pull back from this all. Like, oh, everybody was dumping on Lamar. He showed you, you know, I, I'm not going there yet, you know. I'm not saying he hadn't showed me anything, but you know, give, let's let's see what happens. Um, you know, he's got Arizona this week, so it'll probably be another great game, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, Lamar, look at Lamar." We'll see. We'll, we'll see as the season progresses a little bit. Um, you know, before we start jumping on the Lamar Jackson's the greatest quarterback of all time bandwagon. The Browns. Right, let's unpack this for a minute. The Browns were bad. All right. The Browns were so bad this last week. I think they had the most penalty yardage um, that they've had, you know, like as a franchise or something, you know. It was bad, bad. Um, you know, I know we said, you know, we were talking on the last episode about the Browns, and we were kind of, you know, really digging into that, you know, this whole, all the hype around the Browns. And I love it. I love the hype around the Browns. I'd said that. I said, I wish I had that much energy and enthusiasm going into a season for my team that the Browns fans and the Browns, you know, nation have have for their team. I'd also said that Baker Mayfield putting himself out there like that, shotgunning beers, and look, I'm all for it, right? Shotgun beers, man. I don't I don't care if you do it. I think it's great. But when you're in the limelight, you are putting your you're setting yourself up, especially given the history of the Browns and Johnny Manziel, you're putting yourself out there for Johnny Manziel 2.0 talks to start. Now they've already started, you know, Clay Travis was already talking this morning about, 
you know, oh, Johnny Menzel, shotgun beer, which he's a Titans fan, so you got to get, he's coming from a little bit of homerism. But he's talking, you know, basically bust, bust this, bust that. I'm definitely, you know, not going there. Disagree with him there. Um, you know, again, I think it's just an off season to prepare. You know, the ball has to come out just a little bit quicker. You know, you were doing things last year. You know, you, he wasn't the starter. He comes in. He starts, you know, running around doing Johnny Manziel at college-level things, but Baker Mayfield at college-level things. And, you know, he was awesome. So, of course, you're going to go into the offseason with just, you know, stratosphere-wide expectations, and especially when it's the Browns fans, right? And I have, you know, near and dear friends, basically their family. I have brothers who are Browns fans. And, you know, I get it. I mean, I get that. I get being pumped about something like that. You know, when, you, when you've when you been so bad for so long, you know, I, I feel that way with Tennessee. Every every year I go into the season with the Vols, I'm like, this is it, man. This is going to be our year. And unfortunately, I'm always like, this is going to be our year we go eight and four. But, you know, again, like there's something to be said about when you're bad for so long that when when you have a glimmer of hope, you cling to it, right? That's that's life. That's that's why we live. That's why we wake up every day. You, you know, you have hope. You cling to it, you know. You hit your wagon to it, and you're you're ready to go. You know, you're going to Super Bowl, and that's you know I love it. I love their enthusiasm. Um, definitely don't think the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, and not just based off of that. Um, but you know, it, it's it, it was a crashing down to earth feeling. Um, I don't think that the dog pound would tell you that all hope is lost. It's definitely not. As a matter of fact. A lot of them are like, yeah, 14 and 2, it's going to be just fine. We're going to go 14 and 2. Um, so I love that enthusiasm. But, you know, look, you know, Vrabel's a defensive guy. The Titans, and, you know, they, they put together a hell of a game plan. And they, you know, they, they were beating, they were beating Baker up. And I mean, Baker looked, Baker looked worn down. You know, Baker was getting, getting slapped around. You know, of course, his left tackle got tossed from the game for, you know, karate kidding somebody in the face. You just couldn't make this shit up that the Browns were doing penalty-wise in that game. I don't know if the hype had just gotten them so pumped up that they were, you know, that they were ready, ready to, you know, throw fists. I don't, I don't know what it was, um, but you know, let down for the Browns. They're gonna bounce back. Um, you know, again, it's just a you know, all that expectation. Again, it's one game. It's like like I just talked about with. Um, um, like Lamar Jackson, you know, it's, you know, there's a, there's a massive amount of expectation, you know, all oh, you did this last year, you know, what's going to happen now, you know, we got to let it play out, you know, that's, that's what we want to do, you know, sports, sports media and, you know, every single fan in the world wants to judge you on a sample size of 60 minutes and it's not fair, it's inaccurate and, you know, it, it happens, you know, we all want to be, you know, armchair quarterbacks, couch GMs, whatever you want to call it. And it's just, you know, it's just it's just not a good thing to do. It's it's not a not a good place to be as a fan. It's unhealthy. But whatever. So Browns will bounce back. Monday night football. They're at the Jets. You know, the Jets had a epic letdown of 16-0 lead over the Bills, who are you know terrible. And allowed the Bills to come back, score 17 straight, beat them 17 to 16. So, you know, they're, they're coming off of that, kind of a letdown. They're going home um, for that game against Cleveland. I like Cleveland there. I think it'll be close, but I think Cleveland will bounce back and, um, you know, shut down Le'Veon Bell. 
And, you know, I, I like Cleveland to get out there with a win, get their fan base back on board with the Super Bowl talks, and they'll be in the right direction. Um, Super Bowl runner-up, the Rams, Panthers. That was a hell of a game. Um, of course, the Rams snuck that out 30-27. to 27. You know, golf had a pretty good game. Gurley, you know, Gurley shows back up. He had 99 yards rushing. Um, you know, again, you wonder – where in the hell was that in the Super Bowl, right? You know, the guy, the guy was he injured? Was he not injured? You know, he's just standing there. He's dancing around on the sidelines. What's happening? You know, so it'll be interesting to see how long it is until Gurley has another leg injury or another, um, you know, idiopathic injury. Oh, we don't know what happened. You know, we don't know why he's hurt or what, but he's sitting out. So fantasy fans hate that. Kansas City and the Jags. Uh, Mahomes come out, starting just where he start, picking up where he just, where he left off. Um, starting hot, starting looking like he's going to repeat as the MVP. I personally think that he will. Maybe a little bit of homerism because I have him in fantasy, but dude was lighting it up. And even when he got hurt, he was lighting it up on one foot. Even when he lost Tyreek Hill, still moving the ball. Um, you know that that's a blow. That's a blow to uh, the Chiefs. Uh, you know if you're in short. Fantasy leagues scoop up Miko Hardeman, um, you know another speedster. Sammy Watkins had a had a resurgence from you know what we knew he could be back when he was drafted. You know 2014-15 area um, looked amazing. That whole offense is built around speed. I mean when you throw Hill, Watkins, Miko Hardeman, I mean those guys are you know that, that, those are racehorses. That's all that is. There's no nothing possession about that. That's all racehorse. That's you know, how fast can we put points on the board? That's what that is. Zero to 60. How, how fast can you get me zero to 60? That's all I want to know. And that's that's how Andy Reid's drafted that team. It's working. Of course, you had uh, Tyree Kill's uh, collarbone injury. Two collarbone injuries in that game. You know, Nick Foles broke his collarbone. He's out uh, until like week 11, put on IR. Massive blow to the Jags. You would think, you know, from what they, what they paid for him it is. Um, but, you know, Gardner Minshew stepped up. We'll get – um, you know, touch on the Jags in a minute, but you know, Tyree kills collarbone injury. He had a sternoclavicular injury, and you know, they ended up rushing to the hospital. And everybody was like, "Well, why is he going to the hospital with a collarbone injury?" But you know, when you start messing with the collarbone, if it goes backwards, you have a lot of you get a lot of important shit in there. You have your aorta sits right back in there behind your sternum, so you know it's precautionary. But you know, if you have a collarbone that goes through an aorta, that's not what you want. That's uh, that's quick and imminent death. So, you know, collarbone injury there, it's huge. Tyree Kill's out for, you know, a couple weeks. That they, they, they don't think as long as Nick Foles, um, but, you know, probably seven to eight weeks. Again, Foles, collarbone. Just kind of a big blow when you're, you know, when you're a Jags fan thinking, you know, all right, we get, you know, you got, you know, old St. Nick has kind of had some Super Bowl playoff magic. He's going to come in. What's he going to do? He came in, and, you know, just it was just kind of meh and uh, then gets pile-driven on his collarbone. Um, Gardner Minshew came in, though, and looked looked like a starter. I mean, dude was, you know, at one point, he was just throwing dimes. I think he was like 16 of 17. Um, looked good. Of course, love his name, love his look. If you didn't see him after the game, you know, go look him up on Twitter. He's got like a like some Washington State, you know, over, over vest and some like assless chaps or something. I mean, dude was like straight up out of a Wild West movie. Um, so love that. Um, and then of course they got Josh Dobbs, 
from the Steelers. You know, again, I'm a Dobbs guy. You know, not sure that he's an NFL quarterback from a from a throwing standpoint, but you know, dude, dude's an athlete. I mean, he was he would glide across the field like a gazelle at Tennessee. So anxious to see if there's anything the Jags can do to get him involved, because you know he was electric with the ball in his hands at UT. Obviously, different competition, but he's a smart kid. I think I think he would. Uh, I think he has something he can bring to the table. Of course, they thought so too. I mean, they gave up fifth round, twenty twenty pick for him to get him. Um, Bucks, obviously, again, this would make Josh proud. Got to cover the Bucks. You know, Jameis Winston. You you just you just wonder how long how long are we gonna how long are we gonna beat our beat our heads against the wall with, with famous Jameis. You know, there's there's only so much of eating W's and and dumb stuff that you can do before you eventually are like, well, you know, we're gonna move on from this guy. And, I, and I'm wondering if that's gonna come, you know, this next year. You know, I wish Josh was here obviously to weigh in on it. But you know, it's 24 to 17, and of course I wasn't watching the Bucks game. I, I was watching um, watching. I had a couple other games going on at that time, and and it's 24 to 17, and Josh is texting me, and he literally texts and says. Jameis is going to – he said, we have a chance to drive down and tie it up, but I bet you Jameis is going to throw a pick six. And it wasn't even two minutes later after he had texted that, he just texts me and says, he seriously just threw a pick six. So, you know, when you when you can start predicting stuff like that as a fan, it's, uh, you know, it's bad. Because then, then you – then you're every time you're just – you're waiting on the hammer to drop. You know, like, yep, this is it. You know, we, we, could, we could win it, but, you know, here's our chance to tie it, but. And you know, I don't know, the Bucks. You know, that's a you could be reeling there. I mean, it's Bruce Arians. I was hoping to see um, Jameis. You know, rebound. You know, again, it's it's one game, but the sample size that we have on Jameis is, is pretty big. And you know, guys notorious for you know overshooting people by ten yards and throwing picks. Um, notorious for you know for forcing a ball in, thinking that his you know college arm that he got to the NFL on is still good enough. And, you know, so we'll see. You know, hoping for Josh's sake that, you know, Bruce Arians can get them straightened out. But, you know, wow. I don't know. That's tough. You know, and, and a lot of people are, you know, there's still the whole Mariota, Mariota or Winston, Mariota or Winston. And Josh and I talked about that last week. And I don't think it's a, as fair of a – I don't really think it's a fair comparison in the sense of, you know, Jameis is asked to do more, I feel like, from a from – a, open up the offense standpoint than Mariota is. Um, you know, the Titans run that very, you know, kind of old-school pro-style offense. I mean, you'll see them, you know, in eye formation. You know, you'll see – I don't know, they, they kind of do some things that, that suits Mariota. And Jameis, you just see a lot of times, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, the past couple of years he's kind of been given the reins to, to kind of be like Brett Favre out there, just kind of go gunsling if he can. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a fair comparison in the sense of, you know, who's the better quarterback out of the two guys. Um, you know, I guess you could probably toss a coin on who you want. I guess it all depends on, you know, if you were starting a franchise, what you know, what kind of offense are you going to run? Uh, Chargers and Indy, that was way closer than I thought it would be. Um, Indy with new quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, due to Andrew Luck, hanging it up, calling it quits. So that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Of course, you have Melvin Gordon's holdout. Nah, you know, the Chargers are just, you know, they're a wild card every week. You never know what they're going to do. You never know when they're going to 
go to New England and win by 15, and you never know when they're going to, you know, lose at home to the Bills by 30. It's just that that's the team. Chargers is a team that I would never bet on. Um, Eagles eked one out against the Redskins, got down early and had to dig out of the hole, but of course they did. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's back at home, connected on the deep ball with Wentz twice, actually. And so, you know, we'll see. Eagles, like I said, Eagles-Falcons this week. That'll be interesting, uh, kind of a shootout kind of game. Um, you know, something, then the, the Sunday night game, or the Monday night game last night, Saints-Texans, awesome game. I mean, already probably has, like, game of the year kind of honors, right? Um, but everybody wanted to praise, you know, I, I thought this was interesting last night. Everybody was praising Drew Brees theme of the game. Like, oh, Drew Brees just doing Drew Brees things. You know, like, look at this. Announcers and everybody's just like, look at what Brees is doing. And at what point are we going to – I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, he had to make the throws, right? Like, he has to hit the guy in the numbers uh, to, you know, to make those things happen. But at what point are we going to stop heaping praise on a guy who's already, you know, a Hall of Fame type quarterback? And when are we going to start taking a dump on guys like Romeo Cornell? You know, you have the lead. You know that they need a field goal to win the game. And you come out as a professional defense in, like, third and Chavis, right? All, all the Vol fans, any Vol fans listening, you know what third and Chavis is. You know, we would be winning a game, and it's like, oh, you know, we, we, can, we can't give up a touchdown in a minute and a half. And we're in, like, the, the deepest prevent ever. And teams are just plucking out 20 yards at a time. And that's what happened last night. I mean, yeah, everybody's like, oh, look at Drew Brees. You know, he hit Michael Thomas on, I think, two balls. And he was wide open for like 20 yards. And, you know, they're, they're quick. I mean, these are pro offenses. These these guys are proficient. These th- This is what they do for a living. You know, they spend entire practices running two-minute drills for, for situations like this. And we're praising Brees for like, oh, just another comeback, just another Drew Brees pulling a Drew Brees. And you look, and you got three deep safeties at the fifty-yard line, and they're and they're picking up easy yards. And then you know, we all know what happens. Lutz bangs out a fifty-five-yard field goal. It looks like you get to hit it from sixty-four. But it's Drew Brees' amazing comeback. I think that's more of uh, the Texans shit the bed. But anyways, then the Raiders Broncos. Um, you know, John Gruden loses a B in a whirlwind. Days of Our Lives, Knots Landing type soap opera drama BS, and still comes out and beats um, beats Denver in a baseball game on their field there in in, uh, in Oakland. That was a shocker to me. I didn't stay up watch all of it. Watched till halftime. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs. I saw a stat that said uh, he's the first running back r- rookie running back since LT to have 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns in a game. And that, that blew me away. I thought of all the great rookie running backs that have come out, I figured in week one somebody would, would have done that. But didn't seem like a super crazy feat. But, hey, hats off to Josh Jacobs for that. Um, so, you know, this A-B to the Pats thing, we'll just hit that for just a quick minute, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. But, you know, what a what a drama circus. And, I don't, you know, everybody's giving, I think, A.B. way too much credit on this, right? They're saying, oh, he orchestrated this this whole time. He knew what he was doing. Look, guys, if if any of you watched Hard Knocks, if any of you followed him with Pittsburgh, the guy's not that smart, okay? The guy's not smart enough to come up with a Sons of Anarchy type scheme 
to work his way to the Patriots. Now, do I think that Bill Belichick could have crafted something like that? Mm, absolutely, right? Do I think Robert Kraft had a hand in it? Hand being the key word, Robert. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think they could. I think they could have, you know, they could have somehow worked that in there. Um, you know, and of, and of course we all know um, Roger Goodell, the league always seems to to favor the Patriots um, in, in these kinds of situations, in a lot of kinds of situations. Um, I saw somebody had tweeted out the Patriots' first, like, six games. It was unbelievable that, you know, they have the – they have the Steelers here that they played um, uh, Sunday night, and then it's—I mean, it's something ridiculous. I mean, you'll have to look it up. It's like you know, Jets, um, the Giants. Uh, It's—it's it's bad. I mean, it's their schedule. It's very, very favorable for them to be seven and zero, and not just because of their talent, but is you know the Super Bowl champs. You know, you typically. The schedule comes out, you know, and all your division winners, you know, they, they play each other, right? And it, just, it always looks, you know, the, you, in theory, the schedule would, would seem to be a little tougher. Um, but, you know, man, their schedule their schedule looks uh, cupcake-ish, to say the least. So, at any rate, different show this time around. Josh will be back next time. Um, you know, of course, grab some cold beers join in on the conversation with balls and brews where we are always your bartender you never have to drink alone just crack on a podcast listen to us blab about football blab back um you know we'd love to hear from you of course you can comment on anything we put on twitter we're kind of toying around with writing some blog stuff um on uh tumblr posting on twitter so you can look for that um we, we finished, wrapped up our Madden giveaway this last week um, and, and and gave away a Madden code for some, uh, you know, retweet and a follow, something simple like that. And, and funny story, we had we had some random dude was just like messaging us like, hey, do you have any more Madden codes? And we were like, you know, no. And he was like, well, can you get me one for PlayStation? I really want it. And I was just like, what the hell is this, dude? Like, Toys R Us? Like, no. You know, it, it was a... It was a one-time contest. We said it on there. Like, get out of here with that. So, yeah, so, you know, just listen up for stuff like that. You know, we may, may do more stuff like that in the future. Um, but, again, you know, comment on iTunes. Give us a follow on Twitter. Um, you know, respond on some of the stuff we post. We post some crazy stuff. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on Balls and Brews.